As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I am very excited to be sitting across from author, speaker, and executive coach, Corey Carlson, also has become a friend. We've been getting to know one another the last couple of years and learning that although we're in very similar spaces, our circles overlap as well as our hearts for changing the lives of the people around us and serving God to his glory. So, Corey, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Mike, thank you very much. Excited about the time, so thank you. So Corey's also, Corey, you're on the board of Aruna. Can you share with us just briefly what Aruna does for those listening? Yeah, absolutely. So Aruna is a nonprofit that always came to be a great friend of mine. Ryan Berg is the executive director. And when we first moved here from basically Denver to Cincinnati, got a chance to meet him and just learn more about the organization. So been on the board for a handful of years. But what we do is we provide sustainable employment to women who've been freed from sex trafficking in Mumbai, India. And so we do the employment by, they make bags. And we're not just talking about just, you know, kind of cheap bags, but they're trying to go for a high quality product that also has a need. So kind of like a Tom's for shoes, or, you know, a Warby Parker for the glasses, same thing for bags. And so it's been fun. It's been mm-hmm. fun to be part of the journey. And then my wife and I went to Mumbai a couple years ago and just to see the smiles on the women's faces, women mm-hmm. who had no hope or thought of new opportunity. Instead, through this, they get to. So it's been a pretty cool thing to be involved in. Thank you for doing that. Oh, yeah. And for that whole team and organization that are Mm -hmm. doing that. So, Corey, recently, actually several months ago, it feels recently, you and I were talking about the book that you were getting ready to write that's now out. And we hope from our listeners today and everyone following this journey that Win at Home First will be a bestseller here shortly. But we're going to dive in today for our listening audience. As you know, with the Talent Magnet Institute podcast, we are focused on helping you succeed in relationships work, community, and life, and reframing success and leadership. And what that reframing looks like for us is helping leaders think about the whole self Mm -hmm. and understanding that if you're failing or you're suffering or you've never put thought and strategy around relationships and life as much as you do work, then you're not what we would call a successful leader right? Mm -hmm. And what success looks like in leadership needs to change. And so many individuals like yourself, like the work we're doing, we were talking earlier before we hit record on a good friend of mine, my wife and I, Mark and Susan Merrill, and the work that they're doing with the Family Minute and the Family First podcast. So we want to dive into this topic today. And I love the subtitle of An Inspirational Guide to Work-Life Balance and how you start off the forward of We All Want to Win. So can you share a little bit about your journey that led into when at home first? I mean, is there any of that that's not covered in the book that you feel is a real understanding of where this pours out of your heart? Yeah. I mean, first of all, that just the subtitle, Inspirational Guide to Work-Life Balance. 
You know, I first started this, I too, after even writing the book and living out this for the last few years, I understand work-life balance is hard. And it's a hard word to even, you know, you'll hear people say, well, it's never actually balanced. And I get that. I think Jeff Bezos uses the word harmony. And there's other people who've tried to use other words of work-life, you know. Integration. Integration or harmony, whatever it may be. And actually, I, when I wrote this book, I hired all kinds of different people to help. It was, I had a writing coach. I hired a consultant, self-publishing consultant, and all great people. And the consultant was basically like, you need to use work-life balance. That word has a lot of SEO, search engine optimization. It's just a good keyword because people can relate to it. So just kind of running with that, that I know that work-life balance is a hard word for everyone to accept. But at the same time, we can all relate to what that word is. Mm-hmm. And so that's the subtitle. And that idea of, and even the graphic that's on the cover of the picture of the rocks balancing on the beam doesn't completely make sense because it should be tipped. And it's just that idea that work-life balance is hard. It's hard for all of us. What I'm excited about with this book is just from my own personal testimony as well as working with clients, there's some tools and some guidelines in here that actually they work mm-hmm. and they can bring life to the full mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. So can you share, you mentioned the testimony side of the book. Can you walk us through a little bit of that journey for our listeners to kind of understand who you are and where your heart is with this work? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. You know, so for me, coming out of college, I was a civil engineer by degree out of University of Missouri and I started my career in Kansas City. And my 20s feels like a whole decade of really striving, of really trying to define myself by how do other people view me, perceive me, and kind of the accolades. And in the book, I talk about these three different temptations I was taught by an organization called 3DM and will continue to teach it with a group I'm with now called Five Capitals. But this idea that we are all tempted three different ways, and we have a primary and a secondary. And it's basically when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days with the devil, he was basically tempted three different ways. The first one is turn this rock into bread. And it's this idea of appetite, like we want more. The second one was this idea when the devil took Jesus up and says, hey, look out over all the kingdoms and they can be yours. And so it's this idea of ambition. Like we want that corner office. We want that job title. We want that extra degree. And then the third way was when devil had Jesus up and says, if you fall, they will all catch you. They will all love you if you just follow me instead of God. And so that's approval. And so of those three, appetite, ambition, approval, my primary is approval, is I want people to like me. It's basically when it comes down to it. For some of the listeners, know the Enneagram. And for the Enneagram, that can be some different numbers, but for a three, I'm a number three. So I'm definitely that people, that connector. And so that's where I fall into. So my 20 was a lot about wanting people to like me, and taking my questions to other people, which is the risk. And it mm-hmm. always sets yourself up for failure. And if you don't like me, then I'm going to work my tail off so that you do. Mm-hmm. And so it became just a pursuit of getting my MBA, a pursuit of trying to climb that corporate ladder, just working a lot. And my balance became out of whack. Mm. And so that was in Kansas City is kind of where I was living at that time. Carried a little bit into Denver when I got joined a company called Contech, and we sold civil engineering products. I was with them in Kansas City. Your typical sales trajectory mm-hmm. where you 
hey, you grow the sales territory and then they cut in half and they expect you to do the same. Mm -hmm. Well, I was able to do it. Yeah. And then I got promoted and moved to Denver, Colorado, where I managed a bunch of different states and people. And then from there, I got promoted and moved to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So when I get to Cincinnati, I'm a VP of a $100 million division and I needed help from a professional level of, hey, how do I lead all these people, get my life balance, more in order. And so that's when I actually ended up hiring an executive coach, mm -hmm. a guy by the name Brandon Schaefer, who's the executive director of Five Capitals. And through a lot of the tools that I learned from him and then just continue to learn over the years, that's what helped me figure out, hey, this is how I'm going to actually live out a life for greater impact and not just about me trying to find my way and mm -hmm. get the approval of others. Mm -hmm. Corey, did you run into significant walls yourself that you had or hurdles that you bumped into or walls you had to figure out how to climb over? How tough did it get before you reached out to Five Capitals to yeah. help you? Yeah. You know, a big part of my story, and you'll see it in the book, and as it just kind of continues to, uh, you know, as I share the story even with just other people, I mean, the two big misses that I had in my 20s where there's a part where I was taking my questions to other people. And one of those is, you know, my wife. I would take my questions, am I worthy enough? Am I a man? Am I good enough? I would take all those questions to her. Well, that's unfair. A human can't answer those other questions for someone else. Well, what if Holly's having a bad day? What if she's just, it doesn't matter. She can't answer my those type of questions. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, then you take it to something else. Well, I may take it to my job. Well, what if I'm having a bad week or bad month at my job? Well, then now I'm starting to question who I am. So how that all played out for me is I took my questions to somebody else, and I ended up having an affair. Hmm. And in that process, there was a, obviously a huge breakdown in character. I never thought I would have ever done that. Hmm. But it was one degree of basically character erosion at a time. Mm -hmm. So that took place, which is the introduction of the book. Mm -hmm. Another place that I had a miss was in my pursuit. That's the example of my pursuit of approval. My other pursuit was ambition, where I was trying to provide a good means for the family, but I thought I'd be the next real estate tycoon. So I was buying different houses on the side, but it was all before the recession. Mm -hmm. So right when the recession hit, basically my wife and I, we had five houses that we could not flip. But so instead we had to rent them out and the market price for rentals went down. And so we had a negative cash flow. So that all played out to the point of now I was cash strapped mm -hmm. to eventually having to sit down with a bankruptcy attorney. I thought that was going to be the way we would exit would be to file bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. But it played out differently as I explained in the book that God said, that, hey, there's another way. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we actually were able to climb out of it. It's an awesome, cool story. So those were basically two big breakdowns mm. that took place. And so when I hired my executive coach, not only was I seeking professional growth and perspective, but I was on a faith journey. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to get that help through Brandon Schaefer, through others, other mentors I started to surround myself with. And so that is really the reason for the book. Mm. The book is to say, hey, I've had some major misses. Mm but I found some tools, some perspective that actually allowed me to pull myself, well, actually God pulling me out of that valley. And mm -hmm. I want others to see this book, to hear this podcast, hear other podcasts, just hear the story in a way that it touches someone that doesn't have access to some of these tools. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's been one of the most moving experiences 
as we move into our second year of our podcast work is the way that these messages hit our yeah. listeners and hit me, to be frank with you. That's the benefit of being in the studio doing the recordings is I get to hear all of these messages and spend time with incredible leaders like you that are willing to be vulnerable and transparent in the goal of not what it does for you, but how it impacts and impacts others' lives, yeah. right? I love in your introduction where you put personal life counts so much more than professional life. And I've addressed this in an episode with a good friend of mine, Jackie Bledsoe, who wrote mm -hmm. a book with his wife called Seven Rings of Marriage. And so many of us focus our professional career that once we come out of school or we invest in our business goals, our business objectives, all of the workshops we do and all the retreats we have are all around business and work, right? And I've had the good fortune to be connected to an organization called All Pro Dads for the last nine, 10 years. And they spend a lot of time talking about time with your spouse, right? right? And kind of reframing the mindset. So my wife and I, Amber and I started doing marriage retreats, mm -hmm. right? And going on just the two of us literally going away with other couples who are just trying to love each other well and continue to learn, lead her, love her, learn her, constantly be investing in marriage. And I learned a lot of that from friends who have gone through really difficult personal relationship times and that, no, you really needed to, because boy, if I could do it all over again, right? 22 years ago, I would have been spending time with my spouse thinking about our strategy, our vision, our mission, what are our goals, and how are we going to, as another podcast guest, Pete Scazzaro said, he believes you really have to lead out of your marriage because that relationship next to your relationship with the Lord is the most important relationship and everything else bursts out of that. Mm -hmm. How healthy are we at home? to your point, that personal life counts more than professional yep. life. Yep. With the experience of individuals reading the book, have you had any of those like, whoo, wasn't expecting that feedback yet, where you've really got into that with someone or an individual has shared, Corey, thank you so much for handing this to me. You had no idea what I was going through, and yet you felt led to give me a copy. Yeah, I been very overwhelmed, surprised. I don't know. I guess it's trying to be humble, but when I released the book, yeah, I've been blown away by people's feedback. And it's been awesome. It's been amazing, which is kind of Lord willing, we'll see where the book goes and how many people's lives it's impacted. But I think it's the combination of the vulnerability, the authenticity that, I'm not gonna say my voice, my writing coach, a guy named Chad Allen out of Grand Rapids, he did such a good job of pulling some of that and encouraging, you know, almost like, you need a better story here this story over here is great. You need something better here. <laughs> and just really help make the book better. Mm -hmm. So there's an authentic voice. And had I written this book, I don't know, five years ago, I don't know if I would have been as vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been a growth in myself. And so the time is right that I was able to put the vulnerability in I had coupled with the actionable tools that actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the feedback has been fantastic. You know, and you mentioned earlier talking about the comment I make in the intro about our personal life counts more than professional life. And what I see is we all go to where we get wins. Mm -hmm. That is how we work. And so if the home life is not going well, then 
we'll go to work. We'll spend more time at work. We'll work longer hours because things are going well at work. So I don't want to go home because I may have a fight. So I'm going to work longer hours. Mm. And it could be the executive working. It also could be in this perspective of a stay-at-home mom where home is not going very well, so they volunteer a lot. They volunteer a lot more at this organization or people who volunteer way too much at churches or nonprofits because they go there, they get wins, they feel better about themselves, they feel like they're making an impact Mm -hmm. because they're losing at home. And so it's something that I see at all different times, whether I'm working with clients or different retreats I myself have been on as well. And you hear people Mm -hmm. talking, it's like, wow, man, you do a lot over in this one particular area, whether it's work, whether it's church, whether, you know, whatever it may be, maybe it's because home's not working. So the title, when I first started to write, you know, it was clients who told me to write a book. And it was about a year ago. And the reason I came up with the title, Win at Home First, is I found myself consistently saying it to clients and even friends and things I was investing in life with. Mm -hmm. But what would happen is I would get hired by an executive client to help them with how do I equip and empower my team better? How do I improve the health and the productivity of my culture? Can you help with my profit and loss statement and help me increase my margin? Mm. All these great business acumen reasons. And that's why I would get hired. But what would happen, Mike, is as we would be on these one-on-one calls, what they really care about the most is how do I engage with my spouse more? Mm. How am I more proactive with my teenage daughter? How do I drink less? How do I lose 10 pounds? Like those are the things that actually are really keeping up the executive at night. It's not necessarily some of the team culture pieces. Instead, it's these personal dynamics. Hmm. So what I kept finding myself saying is, you need to win at home first in order to create capacity, create a position of margin in your life so that when you go to the office, you have empathy for others. Hmm. You actually can think creatively. Because so often what we find, and even in my own life, if I get in a fight with Holly or any of my kids at 7 a.m., it's going to affect my 9 a.m. work meeting. We know all those individuals and even ourselves where we may be on our A game in a work meeting and all of a sudden we get a text from our spouse or a kid and it throws us off Mm -hmm. because it may be an argumentative type text Mm -hmm. and now we're off. And so when we're always in this kind of reactionary mode, Mm -hmm. then it's a no-win situation. So that's how I got so passionate about that tagline that I kind of accidentally kept saying in all these different coaching calls and in That's the excitement of it is because I see that this truly works and it resonates with people. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I think to rest on the title for those listening, for even myself, what does winning at home first look like and creating that? And again, this may be the first time that any of us have thought about that particular phrase of, hmm, I never thought about. Again, this was the conversation that you and I are having, that Jackie and I were having how many of us actually think about a relationship strategy, right? The beauty about the book, The Win at Home First, is that you can really use a lot of this with also your friends and your community. And how do you interact with, for myself, I'm on the ball fields often and I'm running to and from activities. And my wife and I are always trying to be very intentional about We kind of like sitting in the car and eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with the kids and asking them about what they're excited about for tomorrow, even though we're quote unquote busy, but we're doing it together and we're doing it in tandem and we make that very intentional effort. One of the biggest things I'm blessed by is I have a wife who sends me encouraging text messages all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. And I get, and it always hits 
at the exact time I need it, probably because I always need it. Right. But it's cool. always like, oh, thank you. You know, yeah. and I try to reciprocate. I'm not quite as diligent as yeah, my yeah. lovely wife, Amber, is on it. But we do that as a reminder, like, hey, and it just hits at the right time. And we've used that in some of the counseling that we've done for other couples around relationship and like just the little things right. are ways that you, yes, you want to do a retreat and you want to spend time. What does success look like for our relationship? But also those little things that you can do today to transform the way you interact with your spouse and take mm. a quick second when you stop your car, hit pause on this podcast and send an encouraging comment to your spouse, to a child, to your significant other, to a friend, to a relative. You just want to encourage them and say some positive words and how quickly that can make an impact. With your thought process around, and I love the strategy of you, marriage, parenting, and work, how do you see the community piece show up here with friends? What about friendship circles? And we call them your 3 a.m. friends. And I mean, a lot of leaders don't have those. A lot of leaders are isolated from the world around them because it's all about work and it's yep, all about yep. their peers or their board or the people who report to them. Can you share a little bit more about kind of how your friendships helped you through your journey and what you're sharing in the content that you provide? Yep, absolutely. So the first part, as you mentioned, the you, right? Understanding kind of yourself, who you are. And so in that, I talk about identity versus image. And so unpack that. I also talk a little bit about self-care and this idea of, hey, how do you live out? And so that's when I unpack the five capitals you know, spiritual is number one, then relational, then physical, and then intellectual, and then financial. So that's unpacked there. But the piece in there that I hit on the relational has to do with who you do life with. And there's a quote that I heard while I was writing this book that, you know, no one ever talks about Jesus's greatest miracle. And his greatest miracle is the fact that he had three close friends in his 30s. <laughs> because what ends up happening is we have great friends in college. Mm -hmm. We then graduate. We get married, have kids, start working. And before we know it, we drop off all our friends. Mm -hmm. And so there was a tool that was shared with me up in and out. And this idea of, of those three relationships, in order to live a life to the full, these three relationships we've got to figure out. And up is is going to God to get our identity, to understand who we are, whether we're a beloved son or beloved daughter of God. The in is where you go to basically get your integrity, who you do in life with. So I made the joke about Jesus and his three friends, but you know whether Jesus had three friends that he was super close with, and then he had his 12 disciples, and then he has another orbit where he spend, does life with 72 people, and so you see that take place. And then the out is, that's where we have our impact in the world. That could be our neighbors. That could be a customer. For Jesus, it was the woman at the well. It was the 5,000 that he fed. And so you have those three different relationships. And the truth is, none of us are great at all three at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And so what can happen is, is I could be in a great rhythm at home with my family. I'm getting beers with buddies. Things are great there. I out, I'm doing really good at work, I'm volunteering at the nonprofit, we, you know, we talked about at the beginning, but my quiet time's awful. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting any quiet time, not spending time journaling or in prayer or solitude, none of that. Well, if I do that for a long time before, I'll start to wander. I'll lose touch of, hey, what is my purpose? Where am I going after? 
So that's one fallout. The other fallout is, all right, maybe your up's fantastic. You're doing all kinds of great quiet time and you're doing well with the family mm-hmm. and your friends, but you're not doing anything out. You're not making an impact. And so over time, what happens is you get a little out of touch. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the rest of the world's up to. You're in your own little cluster of people that act and look like you mm-hmm. <laughs> that you start to lose your impact. And then the last one would fall out would be, all right, you're great on your up. So spiritual is going fantastic. You know your purpose, but your in is not. Your family's not very good. And so you spend all your time on your out. Mm. And so what ends up happening is your home gets toxic. And so you start to see these gaps. And so you kind of see how, man, it is important to recalibrate. So for me, I mean, I can fall short on all of them for sure, just like and we all do. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you mentioned specifically the friend aspect. And really what happened to me through this tool and being coached, I realized probably about four or five years ago, going through that tool up in and out, it struck me. Literally, like, I have no friends. <laughs> and that sounds extreme. Like, I could call anybody up, you know, some of these guys and be like, hey, let's go get a beer. And I'd have people join me. But I really did not have anyone I was doing life with. Yeah. I didn't have anyone holding me accountable to things. I didn't have anyone that really knew to the mm-hmm. depth some of the conversations Holly and I were having or some of the struggles I was having, whether it was at work or at home. And likewise, I wasn't doing that to anyone's life. So that was a wake-up call to me, like, whoa. I've been so busy traveling for work because I was president of sales for a national contractor at the time. And so I was traveling every week across the country. I had 30 direct sales reports. So I was busy with them. So my out was fantastic. I actually was getting a lot of up, a lot of quiet time on the plane and just really good faith journey. But I realized my end was weak. Mm. And so in that process, I got to change this. Mm. So I basically got involved. I got a fantastic men's group now that I'm with on Monday nights. I got some other guys that I've got some different rhythms with. Mm. And so now it's totally changed. So Mm. now I have a great group of guys. But it takes listening to a podcast like this or hearing something like a tool like that up and out. It's like, wow, that hits. I need to fix something. So on the relational piece, that's where I talk about in the book is you've got to make sure you've got some healthy rhythms with spending some time with buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so, so important there, Corey, for years being in the business of meeting with executives all the yep. time and hearing how... To your point, I've been in that exact same story where you're coaching a leader, you're listening to all these things, and you realize that when they start opening up, it has nothing to do with the workplace. It has everything to do about how culture's showing up at home and the implications of and the not knowing the strategy personally. I don't have a personal strategy. All I know is I was set off on this path, and I haven't looked back in 17 years, but I forgot about everything else that was supposed to be coming Mm -hmm. with me. And the reality in doing CEO symposiums and leading roundtables, we all are human and we all have lives Mm -hmm. and it's not just the compartment of business, right? And the more you can have those connections of a safe place to go and sometimes just hang out and let go, other times to really dive in. And I'm very fortunate. I've got a group of individuals that we check in on each other all the time because mm-hmm. we're all running family businesses. We're all buying and selling, doing transactions out in the world. We're all busy. We yeah. all have employees. We all have young children. We all have spouses. 
we're all just kind of, you know, hey, we got to keep all this in balance, right? And it's kind of the point that we'll check each other at the door when we hear things that are out of balance and getting back to that point. And there's resources like this. I'm actually going to make sure I give copies of this to each person in that roundtable and maybe even see if you can come in and talk to us about because we're always talking about as a business of if you put us all together, we're about a billion dollars in revenue as a collective group. And we're always talking about we're doing well with work. We feel blessed. We're all in the right place. But it's the other stuff that we've got to keep check and we have to take time and not view that as a sign of weakness, view that as a sign of we got to win at home first. Mm -hmm. So I will, I will definitely do that. And I would encourage those that are in round tables or networking groups or consortiums or cohorts to reach out to Corey and say, Hey, we we want it. Cause I guarantee you those listening know that, yeah, every time I'm in this particular forum or this particular round table, we're always hearing about personal lives. And you know why? Because that is critically important to every human being. Mm-hmm. And they need help. There's not a place to go to get help in that space. Part of our work at the Talent Magnet Institute is designed around getting personal, right? right? It's okay. Steve Brown shared in his podcast, hey, HR, it's okay to get personal. Mm-hmm. It's allowed. It's legal. We're allowed to care about our people. And we're allowed to care about ourselves for those listening. It's okay for you to say, man, I'm going to take a little time here and look at the up in and out strategy. And I don't want to admit that I'm failing over and out or in in, but I can tell you as a friend who lost a friend recently to suicide, who was a Mm. CEO, people are there for us. We just have to be willing to say, hey, I need to make you aware of something. Right. So there's a lot of us that go, you know what? I haven't called my friends lately or, but there are people here to help. There's Mm -hmm. no reason to feel like you're in total isolation. Although the devil wants to take a foothold and make you feel like you're in total isolation and you're the only one with this problem, right? You're not the only one with whatever problem you're wrestling with. You're not the only one going through it, right? right? You just got to be willing to have a safe place. And a lot of us like Corey and ourselves here at the Talent Magnet Institute and Centennial, People like us, that's kind of what we do for a living, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to transform the way leaders view leadership. And to be frank, we also want to save lives and help people be the best they can in relationships, work, community, and life, because the whole world gains when you're doing well in all of those areas. And at some points in life, we can get out of balance. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That might be okay for a season, but make sure that your faith and your relationships at home are not out of balance from that standpoint. So I'll get off my soapbox oh, that's good. on that. It's really good. But, um, you know, I really do think the work that you're doing, I was so inspired when you shared the title with me that like, yes, we need more leaders like you that are viewed mm-hmm. in the leadership space, talking about this content and being vulnerable and open and saying, Hey, and a big shout out and a thank you and, um, admiration to your wife, Holly, for being with you on this journey, your heartfelt thank you in the book was really powerful. Yeah, and um, so much of what you shared, Corey, throughout your book as well as this conversation, is all about the importance of relationships. And I just want to thank you for your relationship. I want to thank you for the boldness that you have led with the creation of When at Home First. 
I want to thank you for the boldness of your coaching and consulting that you do. And here's to the many, many people who have already picked up a copy and individuals who will hear today's episode from our community who will pick themselves up a copy and will be blessed by it and will be better because of it. So Corey, thank you so much for joining us, our audience. Thank you for being a part of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. It is because of you that we're inspired to have powerful conversations like this each and every week. And we look forward to investing time with you next week. We look forward to connecting with you on our Facebook community, the Talent Magnet Institute podcast community. Thank you for following us on social media. Thank you subscribing to our podcast, rating and leaving a review. And we also appreciate the interest and desire that each and every one of you have to lead well and to help others succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. Sometimes it's the little things that make a big difference. A post-it note and two minutes can make a huge difference in your workday. Find out more at talentmagnetinstitute.com slash post-it. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.